0: Hello everybody and welcome once again to the Business Creators Radio Show. My name is Adam Homey, I'm your host and I want to thank you and congratulate you on your wise decision to join us today. As the name says, our listeners are business creators and they fall into one or more of several different categories. We have our entrepreneurs, small business owners, and local business owners. We have marketing and business coaches, we have the folks who help others build their businesses, and on the other side of that coin, we have the do-it-yourselfers who love to have your own hands on the marketing levers as you grow your own business. If you are one or more of the above, please take a moment, explore episodes, and discover how our experts can help you win at the game of business and marketing at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Also, check us out on iTunes. Just do a search for Business Creators Radio Show. We update every week. Every five-star rating is greatly appreciated and helps us serve more business creators just like you. Well, here in the Business Creators Radio Show, we talk a lot about marketing and specifically online marketing with some offline components. And we have had so many of our guest experts come and share different areas of marketing. Now, when you take all this stuff together, it's fantastic and... You may even think that a lot of what we've done on the business radio show up until now kind of leads up to what we're going to cover today, which is all about whether or not you have a well-rounded marketing approach. See, if you're looking for ways to improve your marketing strategies and easily increase positive exposure, having a marketing strategy is crucial for a small business to succeed in reaching new customers and cultivating old customers. They say that uh, one of the easiest customers that you can convert is the customer you already have. And to help us with that today, we have marketing expert Pamela Rogan, who's going to share with us some key effective steps that can help you energize your marketing, whether you have a million dollars or you're on a shoestring budget. And we're going to talk about things like how to connect the dots and get started immediately, how to tie in your customer service with your marketing. These are so often treated as two completely separate departments. They need to be joined at the hip. And we're going to look at some cost-effective ways to build authority in the market, one of the most popular trends on Business Creators Radio Show is establishing yourself as a thought leader or as an industry authority, so we're going to cover some of that too. Now, just to tell you a little bit about uh, Pamela Rogan here, Uh, over the course of her 31 years in marketing communications, Pamela brings with her a depth and breadth of experience that directly benefits her company and indirectly enhances the corporations they serve. At different times in her career, and I'm Really looking forward to this story. She has utilized her marketing creative skills in the fields of real estate, medical, pharmaceuticals, financial services, office products, human resources, and organizational development, high-end landscaping and nursery, not-for-profit entities, a major packing and shipping company, uh, excuse me, a major packing and rubber company, mortgage companies, publishing, the independent film industry, community... Pamela's been just about everywhere. Uh, she's known to her colleagues and clients for her natural leadership ability, team building skills, and commitment to what's known as blue sky thinking, where ideas can be shared collaboratively without fear of being judged. And I could go on and on and on and on and on, but what I can say about her right now is in addition to her work in business, she's the president of NABO Orlando, holds a seat on the Athena PowerLink Governing Board, is part of the National Entrepreneur Center Management Team, and is on the Diversity Council Leadership Board. And my listeners, I have to let you know that unfortunately I'm now retiring from the Business Creators Radio Show because there's no way that I can stand in the same light as Pamela. So, Pamela, welcome aboard. It's all yours. Wow, thank you. Yeah, what I'm saying saying here is uh, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I don't know how I'm going to be able to (laughs) keep up with you here. Uh, But what I'd like to do here, and this is what we do with all of our guest experts, is um, I did read off some of your official bio right there. uh, But before we dive in... Well, I'd like to take a step back and give those of our listeners who may not have heard of you yet a chance to get to know you a little. So in your own words, tell us a little bit about your background and what brought you to where you are today.
1: Uh, well Adam, I started out in, uh, from Newport, Rhode Island, and my first job was actually in New York, in New York City, uh, down in the financial services district on, um Wall Street as a marketing manager for, uh, a Chemical Bank, which a lot of, that's, that's a, a bank that was a big bank a long, long time ago. Right. Um, and then I moved up through the ranks, and I actually lived in Manhattan, and I did that for about, um nine years, different, couple of different banks. Uh, and then I decided I really wanted, I missed the concrete jungle, I missed the grass and trees and wanted to leave the concrete jungle, and I moved to uh, Long Island, where I needed to start a business with, that had um, high demand and low overhead, and I started actually a cleaning service that, where that's where I actually learned from grassroots and kind of on my own, um, back in the day when they didn't have social media, and there was just barely the internet, it was AOL, so that kind of dates me a little bit, but um we had to pay for AOL back then. Yes. And so I really learned how to how to market um, on a tight shoestring budget without any knowledge of marketing actually for a small business. So then I evolved and took, ended up taking over an advertising company within a, a large real estate firm. And we did some things for actually Barbara Corcoran, who you've probably heard of, yes. um, on Shark Tank. And then I did that for a couple of years, commuted back and forth, and uh, another company asked me to come over and do the same thing, turn around their in-house advertising agency. And then I got tired of, of working on my own and went out and uh, started my own marketing company. So I did that in New York, and we had a team of 11 people um in New York and it actually then moved to Atlanta, closed that down. I ran that for eight years successfully. And, again, it was in a different time when we didn't have social media. What there was, there, it just wasn't there. Um, and Internet and, you know, backing up your files. So it came really from the grassroots, which really helps a lot now because you can think on your feet and be a little bit more creative when everything is so online you're able right. to have a healthy mix. Um so then I I brought it to uh Atlanta, Georgia when we relocated, started the same company, but then it things you know, as I said, had evolved and then now I'm in Orlando, uh transferred the company here and everyone tells me I've lived in all the fruit states, the apples, the peaches and the oranges. So um, <laughs> I'm in Orlando I think pretty much to stay until we retired you know, down the road in Sarasota. But um I have a pretty well pretty diverse background, which helps a lot with my clients.
0: That's fantastic, and i got to tell you that Florida oranges are some of the best oranges in the world. I've so many times told folks that orange is my fifth favorite color and first favorite fruit. So uh, that <laughs> is music to my ears, and I usually have an orange along with my breakfast. And the one thing, in fact, the only thing I like about the winter season is you get the nice, big, juicy, organic Florida naval oranges.
1: Yep. <laughs> that's like
0: that's, uh, that's like the one small consolation. Because he, even here in Las Vegas, is some of those big, juicy, organic Florida navel oranges. So that is fantastic. Now, Thanks. what we do here in the Business Creators Radio Show is we provide the tools, techniques, and strategies to help entrepreneurs quickly grow their businesses. And a lot of our listeners tell me that they have everything they need to implement anything that anybody, including you, shares with them except for time and money. This is a question we ask every expert who appears on our show, and what I like about it is not only the variety of different answers, but also the variety of ways the question is interpreted. So, how do time and money play a role when it comes to creating your marketing approach?
1: Um, Adam, it plays a really big role, and one of the things I've learned from experience is that when you're going into it, you know, of course, you want to do everything you can to get, you know, increase brand awareness and get the word out. But one of my biggest pieces of advice is not to go into debt to do it. A lot of times there are things that you can do on your own, which we'll talk about today and really look down and realistically plan your cash flow. And again, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit, but, and in the available time. So the general rule rule we use, um, in the marketing field is to spend about eight to 10% of your overall sales for marketing, but that number is usually a little closer to 20% for the first two years as you work to increase your brand. Um, and before you embark on any marketing, Decide how much time you can realistically spend on this area without sacrificing the operations of your business. It's that whole working in it versus on it. Um, For example, we tell you know we do in-house as we dedicate a half a day you know on friday for strategic thinking and kind of block that time out and that amount of time will grow as you evolve and ultimately be delegated to a team member or team members or an outsource uh, source company but planning ahead and making sure that you don't overspend where um you know and spend wisely less is more
0: that's great absolutely now I know you're going to be sharing more with us about the elements you recommend that we include in our marketing approach, but there are so many different places where we can start. In fact, if you want to get started with a free education online marketing, just sign up for a bunch of lists and read a bunch of e-zines and emails that come out, and what you're going to find is you're going to discover a guru that you believe in or somebody who's Path you want to follow because they blaze the trail you 're going to have everything set up you 're going to be ready to launch something you 're going to have your website set up you 're going to be ready to do something with your business, and the next thing you know is somebody else is going to send out that email that 's going to say, "Oh no, no, that stuff is all wrong and I tried it his way, and here are the results i got and look how bad they are now you need to do things differently if you actually want to succeed in business and then they 'll throw in nice little phrases like "Go big or go home' or if you don 't do this you 're not really in business and it leaves a lot of people especially where I find them, and they say, there's so many different things out there. How do I know who's right? So that's what I think a lot of our listeners, whether they're new to their industry or they're just getting started, they're looking to take things to the next level, find themselves. So where is the best place to start?
1: The best place is first to define your business model. Um, We've encountered so many uh, businesses that go out there and they start doing social media and newsletters, and they're just a little bit scattered, and they're spinning their wheels and wondering why they don't have any return on the investment. You need to take a step back to take 10 steps forward. Um, And I'm a firm believer in this because, again, you're just wasting time and money. and, And you also need to realize that time is money. So if you're not necessarily writing a check for something, your time is money, especially in business. So the first thing you need to do is, you know, my thing is problems plus pain equals profits. So identify the problem. Um, when we, when I do a live, like, in-person interview we, um, uh, presentation, I have an example of just to kind of dumb it down a little bit of a crying baby boy and then his sister's standing next to him with a bottle of milk. You know, he's obviously sitting there hungry and crying. She has the the, the solution to his pain. Um, okay. I know it's a real simplified um, Example, but you need to figure out what problem do you solve. Um, you know, there are a lot of you can have a, a you know a generic you know ream of copy uh, copy paper because we have a client that does office supplies, but you have to really define okay what makes them different because that's you know a commodity you can buy a cop, you know ream of copy paper anywhere and their defining right. difference is their customer service. They have competitive pricing, they have you know, but you need to really clearly define what is you know, the difference between you and the others and we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, so the you know, describing the pain and then specifically how you solve the problem and in this case the little sister, if she's not a brat, will give the you know, her little baby brother the bottle of milk and therefore it's easily solving the pain. He stops crying and you've you've essentially made a sale, if um, it we were in business terms. Um, and then the your value proposition, what do you sell? Again, you can sell something you have two and they 're identical what's the what 's the difference between you know what you sell and what your competitors sell and focus on the emotional benefits the benefits versus just the features so you can you can have two different companies talking about the same thing, but it's all in how you word it, but then when you do word it, you need to stick by it. So for the example of the the differentiation with the level of customer service, you need to, in everything that you do, whether it's answering the phone from your receptionist to your assistants to anyone that's out, you know, in standing in a grocery line talking to customers, you need to talk the talk and walk the walk. Um, So that needs to drill down. You can't just put something into words and then not follow through and you know, carry that out. And it's, you know, it's the end user emotions. You know, many times for point of sale, if you're up, at, you know, in the drugstore and you have something there that's there, that's, you know, they they get you because there's a lot of things that they know that, you know, a lot of it's an emotional buy. It could be some little cute thing that you may never use. Right. But you really need to put yourself, in, you know, kind of think in that manner. Um, and I always say put yourself in your customer's shoes. So there, we have customers that aren't even own, you know, clients or customers of their own product or service. Meaning, uh, you could have a, a man that's selling women's shoes, and he's not going to buy the women's shoes for himself. So you, you know, you need to when you're taking your marketing approach, put yourself in their shoes and you know their way of thinking. Especially if you're doing, you know, when you're writing your copy or doing your website, you need to co- you know come across. so that you're talking directly to them. And one of the tools you can use to help you with kind of identifying um, some of this is uh, Google has a good keyword planner where you can go in and identify keywords based on your industry. So you can put in, you know, office supplies and it will come up with a bunch of different um, keywords. And back in the day, it used to be that, just a keyword, but now it's phrases versus just one keyword. So you need to, you know, uh, the best, you know, vacation ever or you know you're you're typing in a series of words and so that's how you have to think but there are a lot of free tools out there where you can do it and you know do your due diligence and save it because you'll be using it in other um, areas down the road and you'll and google analytics is something that you would also tie into that and we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later Um, and then a marketing plan um, is another you know Area where people get really, really scared, and they think that you need to write a novel. And unless you're going in front of, you know, a big investor, and you're, you know, you're just doing this for yourself, which which I really insist that you do, is it's just a one-page plan which will evolve as you grow. So that will be include your mission and objective, um, and that's something where you can ask for help. Get, you know, get form a focus group of people that would buy your product or service, and Go through this with them. Ask them, you know, what what do they think would be a good mission? People that you know, like and trust, that aren't also going to yes you to death. Um, Right. That will be honest, you know, with them. You know, give them a twenty five dollar Walmart card, or you know, buy them lunch and have them come in a room for a half a day and kind of go over some of this, so that you're not living in a vacuum um, and you're really talking to your target. Um, And then you then once you know your target, you're going to go, you know, you're Set out your cru- customer profile, and that will be in your marketing plan. Um, and then your budget. Again, I can't stress how much you know to be realistic. But put those dollars. Don't go get the fancy phones and all the the, the huge computers and all of this stuff. Be- you know, put some of you know. Be realistic with your money. Don't go into debt. Um, and you know, have a budget and stick to it. Don't go over because you see some shiny little toy over there, unless you can adjust somewhere else. Um, there's too many businesses that end up failing because they. They stress out over money, and you don't want to – you're already going to be stressed out enough if you have a business, no matter what stage you're in, so you want to make it – as you know, try to plan ahead. Um, And then identify the channels that you'll be using, so whether it's, you know, blogs, social media, um, you know, your website – List those out so that you know this is the the plan that I'm going to follow. And I prefer someone use just one or two of the channels, you know, versus doing everything at once, so that you can get really good at it. And I'll identify some of the things a little bit later, of you know, on how you know the things that I recommend you do up front. Um, but lay that out so it's a it's a roadmap. And then within those channels, set up you know some specific campaigns and tactics. So it's it's you know, for example, it's like a theme across all platforms. We have a client that's a large medical facility and we'll do like an anti-aging month so you know everything across the, the thing you know whatever we do is themed with that so it's really pounding into you know the message um, and then collateral material so you know your business card and nowadays you don't always need stationary but you don't always need collateral material either in the form of print uh, you can use that digitally so that all depends on the nature of your um, business but those are the those are the kind of things to do up front, and that's very important, and it, it takes a little bit of time, but I highly recommend that that exercise is done.
0: Wow. Uh, there are so many things I could pull just out of uh, that one uh, set of data you gave us here, and I know that we have a very <laughs> limited time together. There are two things I want to pull out of that, though. Um, so often we hear this in sales training where the sales trainer comes up, and they hold up a pen, and they say, sell me this pen. Because right. you, you mentioned something about, uh, you know, mm-hmm. commodities and things like that. And see, the way I, the way I answer that question is I'll take their pen off of them and tell them they have to write something down. Suddenly that pen's very valuable to them. Right. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Hold it in your hand and use it.
0: Right. Right. Another thing I want to pull out here is you mentioned, uh, Things like, you know, some of the peripherals or some of the collateral of the business, such as stationery and business cards. So settle a bet for me. Do you think that in this day and age, business cards are really necessary in most
1: cases? I think they are just – um it- because you ha- you need to have something to hand out, and it depends on your business again, so if you 're online, but if you 're out and, and part of your business requires you to network, business cards are still there otherwise they won 't remember you but don't you don 't need to make you know i don 't believe in those big oversized cards that no one 's ever going to keep i I technically I take them back, I give them to my assistant, and she scans them in, and adds them to the database right. and you know one thing so it, I think that you do, but you can also have a digital um, one. and the stationary you can do that digitally a lot of people don't you know it's email um, but I will say with collateral material more and more with some of our clients we're reverting back to print uh, because they the, the bandwidth I mean I know I receive over a thousand emails a day and that's just on my business side that's not on the other organization that I run sure, um, so so sometimes when I get something in and it catches my eye and it's simple and clean um, and it has that message as long as they you know it's it, it's not too busy, and it, it you know that that kind of drives home with me, and that's worked with some of our clients going back to that, especially if your your client is a high end you know if they're if you're targeting the c e o and it's not necessarily an admin within the company, that's gonna stand out a little bit more, so you can be creative on that um and it all depends on your business, but don't spend tons of money on on just you know because you think you have to get a trifold brochure it's you know you can get a little one sheeter. Rack card or something simple that if you're at an event, you go and you, you know, take – take a, put throw them on the tables and, you know, ha- have something to hand out that just really clearly identifies what you do.
0: Right. And I, one thing I want to pull out there is that I think it's great – for people to have business cards, I personally don 't have them and i've been it 's been years since i 've had business cards because as I see it if uh, if we've made enough of a connection it 's worth pursuing i don 't really need your card you don 't really need mine uh, in most cases when there 's an exchange of business cards i 'm looking for them to give me their card now uh, the fact is uh, although i don 't carry them with me, I may have a few, but I will tell you they 're very simple, and they basically have the name company name uh, email address website, phone number. And I've had people come up to me saying, well, how do you, how are you in business with this card? And I say, it's business card, right? What's business card supposed to do? Uh, it's how people are supposed to find you. I say, well, phone number, email address, website, name. They can find me based on this, right? Yeah. Exactly. Serves its purpose. Uh, I mean, most of the times when I go to events, I don't even take cards with me and I have done fantastic. Without them, and the reason why I said sell will bet on this is because I have heard the other side of the argument ad infinitum that unless you have business cards, you're not really in business. I mean, uh, and uh, I mean we're get, we're getting so far into the evolution of online marketing that have a website, I'm in business is not even necessarily what it used to be back in the day. So here I'd like to change shift gears a little bit the majority of our listeners have competitors believe it or not i have competitors you have competitors unless they totally fill a niche and they're the only one so how can they proactively stay ahead and aware of their competition uh
1: this is another uh part of the stage one where you need to do before you're actually going out and and Performing anything like social media or, um, is you need to know your competitors and i'll give you a, a good example of a client that they were a large h r company that fifteen years ago they were one of the first people in their industry that had this awesome website and um you know it it was it was out of this world and they they brought me on um to do some you know to do some work for them and I went out and did my due diligence and you know kind of got to know their competitors and it turns out they were now they were the last one in their um you know, their industry, because they didn't keep up with it. They didn't revisit it. They didn't know, you know, pricing was totally out of whack. They just didn't, um, they weren't aware of what was around them. They thought they were just all of that. And you you really have to know your competitors and, and keep up with them. So you can do some internet research. And a lot of times, you're going to know your competitors in your area. So it depends on if you're in a local market that you focus on, or you could be national, international. So you should know at least your top five competitors. Uh, go out there, and it's like when you're shopping for, um, a vacuum cleaner. I, you can oh, take yeah. a simple Excel, char- sh- you know, <laughs> sh- uh, sheet and set it up and have, you know, on the left side you'll have, um, you know, the, the person, you know, the, all of the, um, you know, you put yourself at the top and then you put your next, you know, your five competitors down in the left row. And then across the top, you're going to put, you know, the features. So if it was a vacuum cleaner and, you you know, you'd put, you know, it's got great suction, it's got, you know, retractable cord or whatever, those are going to go across the top. So you know how when you you go down and you you check off and you know you'll see this matrix that will, you know, identify, okay, this product has all of these and this product has all of these and a lot of times they're similar, but then you're going to, then you'll be able to, where you differentiate from from the others and a lot of times you're all going to have the same um, features, but you really want to see if number one do they have some that you don't and that doesn't mean that you necessarily need to add that as a feature if that's not your core and that's not your you know you don't want to do just add something to say that you do it but then that's when you you kind of make sure that you hone in and fine tune what you have and Keep an eye on them. So one of the things you can do is, and do it for yourself as well, is put yourself into um, Google so that you're alerted every time your name comes up. And I, I always forget to do that and I have people come up and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not following my own advice, but, you know, <laughs> put your, your competitors in there so that if something happens out there in the internet world or anywhere in the news, you get an alert so that you keep, you know, ahead of them. But keep going back and looking at their, their website. But that side-by-side comparison, that just really helps you see the point of differentiation, whether it's the price, the level of service, the benefits. And it's not always about price. It's, you know, you want to make sure that you, you don't, if you're not a discount company, don't be a discount company. It's, you know, right. it's, that's where you raise something else up, whether it's the level of service and the benefits. But it's just really super important to keep on top of your competitors. It helps with social media because you can kind of go out and see, you know, where are they, where are they playing? Um, if they're successful, you know, and they're doing well there, then you want to be in that world too. So those are the platforms you want to look at. So check everything when you're doing it to, you know, you've got the features and the benefits, but include, you know, let's say where where they are on social media, if it's Facebook, you know, Instagram, um, Twitter, um, just kind of get a little history on all of them, But but go back and keep it up to date because things change quickly and you want to make sure you're changing with them. And then what you can use is going through, you know, from an earl- the earlier exercise where you're searching Google using the keywords you came up with earlier to identify your industry, search it and see which competitors come up there. Um, right. There's a lot of tools out there where you can actually put in your competitors' names and it will come up with their keywords. And um, and you, there are a lot of websites you can go and actually right-click on the website and it'll show their source code. And it, and sometimes they hide it and sometimes they don't, but that'll show the keywords that they're putting in the back of their website. So use it. And you know we have we have a lot of clients that actually put their competitor's name in their their keywords on their website in the back end um, so that sometimes, you know, that helps them. So if someone's searching for, say, a Home Depot, it would have brought up my, my client's office supply. You know, it's back and forth. So there's a lot of little tricks you can do, but I can't stress how, you know, you really need to know your competitors. You may think you're the best, but, you know, there's so many new companies coming out that you want to keep on top of it and don't stress over it. But just know, like, what, you know, that just helps you in – you know or you know develop yourself as far as your point of differentiation. Yeah,
0: uh something I want to pull out of there before we move on very quickly is uh we were talking about let's say you're going to go out and buy a vacuum cleaner so you come up with this spreadsheet of all the features and benefits and what have you and and here's another place where I may want to get your thoughts here is I see not only in business coaching, but also in how businesses develop, is they look for every single way they can possibly make sure to not leave a dime of money on the table for their competition. So they may see, they may be in, one, they may offer one type of service or be in one type of area of business, but then there's this other area that's, yeah, you know, like let's say that they're serving market A or they're doing, you know, service A. And they find that many people who need service A also need service B, so they'll say, well, I can't be leaving money on the table. We're going to do service B, too. Uh, do you think that that is a good idea, generally speaking, or do you think that uh, this is something we need to think about really carefully before we just jump in and expand our plate of services? I know there's not one right answer, but which direction do you lean in?
1: I lean in if you can do it and do it right, do it, um, and if you can't, and this is something you want to do, make sure that you develop that area of expertise or know somebody that you can partner with to develop that area of expertise before you say it, do it, because I, my, I still believe, you know, the old adage, you know, it, never, it takes, you know, a million years to um, develop a good reputation and one, um, year, one day to ruin it, oh. so if you come across and you're great in this area and then you kind of, pardon my French, suck in the other area. <laughs> That's not, that's not good. So if you, you can either go out and develop it, because it's great to continually enhance your services, but not if it's going to, you know, it, be at it the sacrifices your, of your company where your core service isn't um, working. Like we have someone that was um, a competitor of ours that, you know, we're an outsourced marketing company. So we, we actually act as the, the client's marketing um, department. There was a competitor that was. They said that they did that as well, but they essentially just brokered out those services to other people. So it was kind of like, um, you know, they, it re, they lost the consistency. So that hurt them, and they kind of back, you know, went back to their original niche of where they where they excelled at, which is good for them. And you know, just kind of. But if you can do it and do it right, then I say go for it. Uh, but make sure you have the bandwidth within your company to be able to handle it.
0: Right. That is where I have seen so many businesses mess this up when it comes to bandwidth to handle it. This is a mistake that even my business has made, and you see, you don't always know it going in, uh, where you are in one area of business, and then either somebody persuades you or you persuade yourself that you need to add this other thing, sort of like a we do this too type thing. And you mentioned uh, having capacity and having the ability to do it. I would add having the passion to do it because if you're adding on a service just because uh, maybe your mastermind all ganged up on you and uh, challenged Mm -hmm. your manhood or your womanhood if you didn't do it or uh, (laughs) if you do it or something like that, uh, you uh, will take on something and then regret it. I have a really good friend of mine who – was uh, offering a certain type of service. It was an area of online marketing. I'm not going to be any more specific about that because they know who they are. And uh, unfortunately, they had made a decision in their marketing to say, oh, and we'll build you a website too. Well, that's all well and good, but they themselves didn't know how to build a website, didn't have anybody in their core team on how to build a website. They'd already hired other companies to work on their own website. So the only way they could fulfill this was to get other developers and build a web development team. So wouldn't you know it that they had three developers on board, and within a three-day period, just all of a sudden, they all up and quit? Yep. One yep. of them and just- You lose a consistency. Yeah. One of them just stopped answering emails. Another one said, uh, you know what, I've gone exclusive with somebody else, I need to get rid of all my other clients, sorry. And the third one, it was actually kind of a blow up where I think the words screw you were thrown in at some point along the line. <laughs> but the bottom line is my, is my well-meaning, uh, friend, uh, somebody who is somebody of the utmost integrity, uh, really stand-up kind of person, uh, they, found themselves in a situation where they had all these web projects they needed to get out and nobody to do them. They ended up losing their shirt having to bring in other people on a rush basis to pick up these pieces, uh, all because right. it really wasn't something they needed to be doing. They needed to do one of two things in my personal estimation. Either find an alliance with a web development firm that was interested in doing either client share or mutual referral or something along those lines, or just say to their clients, look, we need you to have the website.
1: Cause I know, I, right. I know other people out
0: there, other friends of mine in business that say, look, we don't build websites. You have to have the website before we can work with you. So if you don't have a website, go get one and come back to me is their line. They don't right. even, they don't even offer their, they don't even offer referrals to web companies. They say, no, you just have to go, go get a website and when you're ready, come back to me. And that is, a, right. that and is and one way of yeah, working. Yeah, build at up it. your
1: referral network right build up your you know we have a a company that they do all they do is creative design and so in the back end we do their public relations but the important thing is if you're going to partner with anyone you need to make sure that up front the culture and the way that you work with each other is totally defined otherwise the customer the the end user is the one that's going to be sacrificed
0: exactly Exactly. So um, now that we have identified our competitors and we've also done some of this research to figure out how we're going to fill this niche or whether or not we're going to fill the niche or what piece of the niche we're going to fill, what are some of the steps that we need to take before actually implementing any marketing?
1: Well, first of all, you need to, you know, for some of the information that you gathered before by doing your homework, um, is you need to decide who are you? Like, who do you want to be? What is your, you know, what is your company? Not just the the product or service you're selling, but what is the, you know, like I said earlier, the culture, like what are you, you know, a real hip company or are you real super corporate? Um, it, and a lot of that is based on your target audience because you want, you know, a lot of them like to do, you know, business with they, people they know, like, and trust and kind of a reflection of them. And it doesn't always have to be a reflection of them, but you have to be able to understand your target audience. So one of the things is when we were talking about networking is develop your elevator pitch. And it's, I, I hate those little stifled, programmed um, type of pitches. And it, it, it comes back to the time when, you know, when you actually were in an elevator and they say you have 30 seconds, but it's very rare you're going to have that amount of time. So you just want to quickly identify yourself, you know, your name, your company, um, and what, and, and make it into a conversation, into an actual statement, you know, so it's, it doesn't seem so forced, you know, but including there what pain you alleviate, why are you better, and give a call to action. And a lot of times the why are you better portion can be, you can actually provide an example of how you helped a customer. And, you know, we helped their customer increase sales by, you know, $100,000 in the first three months um, and just keep it really casual and then a call to action. So if it's someone, and I this I can't stress enough, if, if it's someone that you don't feel will either be, number one, a, you know, potential client or a strategic alliance, because there are a lot of people, for instance, or, or, you know, we have a real estate clients that we have them strategically aligned with mortgage brokers and title companies because they all have the same you know, target audience, so those could be good strategic alliances. you know, meet for a cup of coffee, but if it's unless it's really a hot hot lead, none of us have the time anymore, and we could say let 's schedule you know a twenty minute phone call to get to know each other um, but again if it's a if it's someone that you feel would be a really strong client, then you know you want to get together with them, but try to get that call to action, and everybody has their smartphones, they can get that on the calendar then uh, versus going in there and sending out that. That email, which is going to be tough once you once you leave right. uh, and then the, the other the very important thing is a brand message which is gives an overall just summary of your company, and you want to have that in two forms, so you want to have like your fifty to one hundred word uh, brand message and then your three hundred words so there 's things that you'll we'll be talking about later that you'll you want to include that. Um, in there so that it's very consistent it tells what you do to, talks about the pain that you alleviate and keep it you know keeps it really simple and the other thing you need is your identity package so if you're going out and we're talking you know again back to business cards and logos you, you need to to have your logo first and and decide what colors and when you're looking at the colors don't just look at the colors that appeal to you Think about your target audience. So if you had a cleaning company, you know, blues and stuff like that appeal because they appear clean. So do a little bit of research and again, look at your competitors. Don't mimic them, but just kind of see the ones that are successful so that you can kind of have that kind of, that color palette. And I like to have a little book that has, you know, the, once you have your logo and you have your colors, there's different, you know, you're going to have your color palette, your fonts, and your tagline that's all part of it and you want to make sure that you know you're no matter what level of business you're hoping that you grow and that you're going to you know be branded like a Nike down the road you want to have you know CMYK which is some of the colors our, our, um, RGB and then your hex number, which is the um, the number that would convert to a website. So we have a, a book that has the, we have two colors in our logo. We have a little block of color, and next to it, we'll have the percentages. So like ours is it's CN you know CN magenta yellow and black. You know it's zero percent, one hundred percent, sixty five percent, thirty four percent, and then the same thing with the RGB and then the hex number is always um, a six digit number with a pound sign in front of it. So those are really important to have. So that if you have somebody working on an ad for you or, um, you know, you want to make sure that your brand is always, you know, appearing the way that you want it at all times because we we had somebody that when we took them on, they were sending out a direct mail piece that their – the pieces looked great by themselves but it was actually a direct mail campaign and when somebody received it they look at it and think oh that's cool but the next time they got it they would think it's cool but they didn't realize it was from the same company so if you are sending something like that out you know inevitably it's going to end up in the the trash you know bin but the more that you see it, and the more top of mind that you see this brand, when you are ready for that product or service, you're going to say, "Oh, I remember that." You know, but just you just have to be consistent, and everything that you do, um, all the way down to your email signature, and you know, your business card and your stationery, in your email signature. Um, You you need to put in your, I suggest you put in your name, your phone, your email address, Um, even though, you know, people ask me, why do you want the email address in there? It's because, you know, if you're sending them an email, they're going to have it, but people are so busy, they want to be able to just copy and paste into their um, database. So that would also include your website. We include our social media icons, and then that little 50 to 100 word brand statement can go in the bottom. Um, and then if you have any important affiliations that would make a difference and add credibility, you can include that. And just keep it really, really clean. Um, and there are some companies that actually put it in as an image. They create it in something and import it as an image. I highly recommend you don't do that because sometimes it'll. A lot of times it'll come in as that ugly little black box um, in others' inbox. Depend on you know. What their server's like and they can't copy, easy copy and paste all of your information to import it. And I do that all the time when I have somebody that I, you know, trying to nab the, you know, their information and add it. Right. Uh and then the other piece is the um your name tag if you are if your business is being out there, you know don't be trapped into the little ugly name tag that they give you. Do a little branded name tag and it can even mimic your business card, but have some color to it um and just you know have your name and your company name uh on it that's really prominent and your you know company logo so that you're not stuck you know just get the little magnet ones and those are really cheap, but it just it, you know have that across the board if you have employees, team members. Uh, then you're not stuck with the little thing that sticks on you and, ha- you know, half the times the name is spelled wrong.
0: Right. I, I know exactly what you're talking about here, and I see people sometimes uh, go just a little far with their collateral materials, and it actually ends up being counter to the purpose. Like, I personally am not a huge fan of those big graphic email signatures for some of the reasons you described, which is, just because it's a graphic in your email doesn't mean it's going to be a graphic in your recipient's email. Those things tend right. to get knocked off the email as it gets forwarded around, and uh, you know, you can't exactly copy-paste the information right off However, you can copy-paste the information when you spell out the information. Like in my email signature, um, I I type out the information that people would need to access because I don't want it to – one thing I don't want to hear is uh, what's your email address or what's your phone number or something like that. Now, all my calls are scheduled anyway. I never take Calls off the transom, just somebody picking up the phone and calling me. Uh, but uh, I, I don't take it live because I'm very focused on what I do. But at the same time, uh, we do have a mechanism in place where if there is a need for a conversation, we can certainly schedule that, and I include that in my signature as well. So if you're looking to get me on the phone, uh, you know, I just revealed right here, just picking up the phone and calling me, you have a very slim chance of actually getting me live. Uh, chances of getting a call back, I'm going to just be real with you, aren't all that great either. So I put right in my email signature, my scheduling link. And my scheduler is set up so that in addition to picking out your day and time and confirming it based on my availabilities, you can also tell me what you want. And when I see those come in, uh, I mean, as long as they tell me what they want, I can hop on the call even without any background. I can usually just get started right away without having to do any research first. Um, in some cases, it may be them getting on the phone because they're just trying to get my attention or getting on my schedule that way. And I'll see what they typed in their schedule requests, and I'll just write back and I'll say, well, we don't need a phone call. For this, here's the answer. I get a lot of those right, actually because exactly. a, a lot of prospects come in. They schedule time on my board, and they really just have one question. Well, I can answer that in five seconds. Yep.
1: And right. I have I have my assistant who's the gatekeeper, and I'll i let people know, you know, how I prefer to be contacted. Send an email, and I'll give her, you know, her name. Or, you know, don't don't pick up the phone and think we're going to be on the you know you know be able to have a half an hour phone call. And if somehow you actually catch me, you know, actually accidentally gets transferred to me. Um you need to listen to if it's a potential client or a strategic, right. you know, alliance. Listen to how they prefer to be contacted and and do that. Don't become that person that's, you know, that that ankle-biting person that's that's annoying to the fact that you're not even going to be able to have an opportunity to give, a, you know. I know what you I, you're, I, I know what that. you're talking I know what you're talking <laughs> about. Um
0: I have disqualified prospects simply because they wouldn't play nice with our scheduling system yep. or they try. or they tried the uh, but does he have a minute right now? And then when yeah. told that he doesn't have a minute right now, pushed the issue and said, well, this is a this is kind of a sign of what it's going to be like working with them. And I haven't even spoken on the phone with them yet. So uh, I've already had to have my assistant intervene with this person twice, and they haven't been on the phone with me yet. Uh, they're not going to be on the phone with me. Sorry. Yep. There's somebody out yep. there, but it's just not me. Just like they say, whether it's uh, business relationships or romantic relationships or friendships or what have you, there's somebody for everybody. It's not always you. It's not always me. Correct. <laughs> right, right, right. So uh, yeah. So, we are really just kind of zooming along here. We have about 15 minutes left. So now that we've done all this work to lay this foundation, uh, just tell us uh, very briefly about the elements needed to build this mansion or this house of your business, things like the website and the blog and social media. And I will tell you, Pamela, that uh, most of our listeners know what websites, blogs, and social media are, and they have them already. So if you could share with us some of the things that we need to be aware of when it comes to our website our blog and our social media so that we don't end up chasing down rabbit holes or spending a lot of money on time on something that's not going to convert customers.
1: Um, that one of the, the things that I um, believe in is planning again, going back to the beginning, so even if you have an existing website, revisit it if it 's not working
0: and right. lay it out
1: and again, this is a lot of things you can pull from your competitors so it's you know if, if something 's working for them, you can change it up so it, you know the word testimonials everyone puts that word testimonials put successes put something change some of the menu items that you click on to be more positive uh, versus just being the standard. you want to know that when you 're doing it, people want to know why am I here where where do i look and what do i do make it really simple back in the day like i said when i started we were doing websites flash was the big thing P- things yeah. zooming all over the pages we do not have that the bandwidth we want to know what do, we're here who are you what do you do where do you want me to look and what what's the call to action so make sure the call to action is there and the content needs to demonstrate expertise and if you're a really high tech field dumb it down a little bit so that the, the generally the person that's going to buy your product or service is not technical. That's why they need you. So right. make it, you know, keep it simple and conversational so that they'll understand exactly, you know, so that it's like the mechanic. You, you know, they're going to talk circles around you. You want to make sure you at least have a little bit of understanding so that they don't rip you off. So it's it, you just want to just make them feel comfortable. Talk to them instead of at them. Um, and again, keep it really simple. And with images, um, one of the things I'd like to stress: a lot of people go out and they just take images from the web. Um, you need to if you use your either your own photos or when you go to a stock photo company. Make sure that you purchase them. Uh, we had a client that insisted on using um, a, a, <laughs> a, an image illegally, and they they got they and we made them sign. When they do that, if that's something, we make them sign a release that they've insisted we use that photo. That we got the photo from them, you know, yada yada yada. But the um, they were sued for four thousand dollars and they lost. Um, right. So you really and they're getting some of these stock companies are really getting. They have little. They have ways to to. You know, crawl the sites and check it out. So there's so many reasonable stock photos sites out there. There's like RF123. There's one, two, three RF. um, Shutterstock. Yeah, well yeah, 123RF. Yep. Sorry. But yep. My and, favorite, um, yes. Shutterstock. And Dreams Time, they're super reasonable, um, and y- you know, it- and you can get some quality photos there. It all depends on what you're doing. Some, you know, there's some businesses that require you to take your own. But I-, I just can't stress enough to make sure you do it legally. And then if you're developing, if you know, if you already have your website, um, that's great. There's a lot of sites out there that you can do on your, you know, WordPress, Drupal, and Joomla, where you can go out and actually work on your own. But I would, I would make sure that you make sure the hosting that you're choosing um, is going to be compatible with that before you even. Do it. But again, plan it out. Make a roadmap on paper of where you want, if you're clicking on a a main. Tab what goes underneath it and map it out, and then you can do it all in a word document where you put the copy you know underneath it, so it's simple and clean. Uh, less is more, and again, just make sure that they know what you want them to do when you get there. Um, right. And then for the, your blog, you can do you know they had you know blogs a lot of back in the day it was a lot of external blogs. You can build that right into your website, which will add you know help your SEO. Um, you, this really helps you build credibility. So the content you want to make sure it's relevant and fresh. Um, Demonstrate expertise and the frequency Mm -hmm. I recommend once a week if you're going to do it. every twice a month is fine but what we have a lot of clients do is we we manage that for them but they'll we'll we'll help them by getting guest bloggers so that maybe twice a month you have someone that's in a the same target audience as you that has a following so you can tap into that and you have them do a guest blog on your blog which takes some of the pressure off of you and keeps you interesting but you want to make sure again that they're going they're at that level that you are so that the credibility remains because you know it's who who you are what you eat with you know it's uh no, you didn't say that correctly, but it's, you just want to just be careful with that. But plan it out in advance. And if you're doing a theme like we talked about before with a campaign, maybe that's what you blog about. And it does not have to be a novel. It could be two paragraphs. Just keep it fresh and just continue to you know demonstrate your expertise. And if you're doing it, you make sure that you engage. There's there's so many people that do that with social media and blogs where if somebody makes a comment, they don't respond. Um, you need to engage because that's you know you're many times you're going to have competitors that may get on there and actually comment and that's a good thing you know because a lot of times it's a, it's a positive thing and just make right. sure that you you know, respond positively back. If it's a negative comment, if it's justified, and it, you, you can have constructive criticism, respond back in a positive manner. If it's super, super negative, then you know, just just delete it. You have some crazies out there, but oh, yeah. a lot <laughs> of the, the blogs that you can set up where it sends you actually an alert before it's, it posts live, so you approve the post, and that's what we we recommend, is so that you just don't have to worry that some person's going to be out there um, you get to approve the post and if someone does it and it is distasteful you can respond to them so that you know just to kind of get them off your back a little bit but um and then with social media one size does not fit all we have clients that want to be in everything and there and social media isn't for every industry you want to make sure again that your you know target audience is living there um so for like real estate facebook is awesome because you have everybody you know facebook is is on you know on uh, your audience is on Facebook, so you want to check out you know where are your your competitors where's your target so if your target your your competitors are, are doing really well on one platform make sure that you you're doing it there and content make it fun um, and insightful um, demonstrate that you're you know you're part of the community that's important and do not make it all salesy if you want to put in maybe ten percent some promote you know promotions um, Facebook's really getting tough on that where they're not, so if it's anything that's saying like check it out or sales and it's in a regular Facebook post, they're not going to put that through because they want you to go and do, you know, do it through Facebook ads. And Facebook ads is, is, is a good way to go to help promote it and it's, it's pretty easy to do and it's very, you know, very inexpensive. But you really want to, that's where you can show your expertise and if someone's making a comment out there on, you know, social media and you can help them, help them without being salesy. Just show that you answered their question and then they're going to re- Remember that and just ask them to follow you or like you and make sure your pages are branded um, so that they look, you know, consistent. So your profile at the top, whatever you know, your block that you get at the top looks like your company. So, again, no matter where people see you, you look the same. Um, and there are tools out there like HootSuite and Social Oomph and Sprout Social. that can help you keep you organized um, and help you track it. And consistency, if you're not going to do it, don't do it. Um, you need to be out there consistently or it's going to look like you, you're, you're, you've left. So if Facebook or Twitter is your primaries, you know, where your competitors are doing the best, focus on one and do that really well before moving on to the next. Um, and, you know, be proactive versus reactive when you're um, engaging. But those those three pieces Again, just keep it, and you can use a lot of the material back and forth, and photos are great, because photos, people relate a lot to photos, and um, you can, if you have a little photo, you can brand it with your logo on the bottom, so that if they share it, that gets passed around.
0: Great, absolutely, this is all fantastic stuff. And what I want to just pull out for our listeners is what you said about, uh, there are a million social platforms out there, there are a million types of websites you can have you don 't have to have all of it just because it 's out there. Uh, there may be some places it doesn 't even really make sense for you to spend time because your market isn 't there. I mean believe me, every single guru teacher coach would have you where they specialize in facebook twitter linkedin google plus instagram pinterest uh, my life uh, google you know anything anything the one that they specialize in, of course they're going to say either you're here or you're not really in business. You might as well take your toys and go home. That's their message. But just because they say that if you're not here, you might as well not be in business doesn't mean that's the case. Like, for instance, my company uh, does not do Facebook advertising. Uh, it, there's a combination of different factors, reason why we don't do it. One of the reasons is we just don't feel that our market is there. We, right. don't, we don't feel that is the best expenditure of either our time or our money bandwidth. So talking about time and money again, we just don't see that the hassle, as we see it, and we really view it as hassle, of dealing with the Facebook advertising algorithms is just not worth it when we have right. much straighter, shorter lines to our customers.
1: Yeah, and it changes Other, yeah. so frequently that that's that's just it's once you get to know it, it's just um and again it's it's. Based on the business, because some businesses you don't don't spend the time there because it takes it's very time consuming. Yeah. I mean, don't hire an intern if you have an intern that you know. One of the big mistakes is people will hire an intern to do their social media. If the you know if the, <laughs> if the intern really knows your business, that's fine. But if they don't know your business, you have to remember everything that's going out there is about you and it's your brand. So you need to make sure whatever you do is consistent with your brand
0: that's one other point too um let's leave let's leave paid advertising aside uh, there are many companies out there and i can recommend a bunch of great ones that do social media curation or that will manage your discussion groups for you, where they'll come in and moderate your discussion groups and such things, or they'll manage your participation in other people's discussion groups. Now, personally, I think that if all the things you outsource in social media, your discussion groups should be the one thing you keep to yourself, Mm -hmm. because that's your best relationship builder. In fact, I teach a course on discussion group game. But that being said, if you have somebody typing... In your words, you kind of have to keep an eye on what they're doing. Um, they All may right. not do it intentionally, but they may end up posting something in a forum somewhere. And when you see this, you're going to say, oh, my goodness, I never would say something like that. I uh, had a situation with a company I used to work with years ago. Great company. Great company. Don't get me wrong. Uh, one day I got a very excited phone call from them saying, "Saying Adam, you got to stop everything, go into your LinkedIn and look at this thing we just posted, this answer to this this thread, what's going on in this one discussion group on LinkedIn. Now, they didn't get me live because, again, nobody gets me live on the phone. So I listened to the voicemail. I went and checked it out, and then I called them back, and I said, yeah, I saw it. I deleted it before you got me banned off LinkedIn. Do you really think that I would ever type that? I won't get into right. the specifics of what it was, uh, but it actually, with the way they had did that, Runs counter to everything I teach in discussion group games. So not only was I, not only was that post breaking about 17 of the rules of etiquette of LinkedIn discussion groups, but it also would make me into a hypocrite, so I had to delete it. And, uh, I right. don't fault them for that. I don't, I didn't really criticize them for that. I just said, look, we cannot be doing any of these things that you did. It has to be this other right. way because my name, my brand, my message.
1: Right. I agree, and we 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 work really closely with our clients. A lot of our clients will have a um, have the content paired ahead of time, and we have them review and approve it. Right. Um, and you know, and as you get to know them more, because we don't, you know, we don't know what we don't know, especially if it's like a, a high-end medical. I'm not a doctor. I mean, um, so there's there may be something a, a word that we think is right, but it's not. And you know, as we got to know them, we, we're we don't really go through that approval process anymore, but you want to make sure if you're starting out that that person clearly understands your target and your market and, and your company.
0: Right. Absolutely. So, Pamela, we are down to about the five-minute mark. It's funny how time flies when you're having fun. We may have to have you back here again sometime to get into some things in more depth because we just have so much to share here. But before we break off, um, what I was wondering is, uh, well, first of all, Pamela Rogan, I want to thank you so much for joining us today here in the Business Creators Radio Show. And what I want to do is I want to give you the floor just for a minute or two. Just tell us how you serve business creators and how our listeners can get more information or connect with you regarding this other topics that you cover just two minutes
1: um well one of the things i want to just give a quick thing is is i'd like you to all give yourself a break make sure that you engage your own creativity go back um and before you do all this and and schedule time for creative thinking so that you're not you're not so overwhelmed that you're you're not coming out with the right um end result. So plan, 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 and then execute. Uh, For us, just a little overview of us, we are an outsourced marketing company, and we provide everything that a marketing department would do. So we handle blogs, social medias, newsletter, public relations, websites, um, everything that a, a If someone was going to hire somebody in-house, they generally come to us because it's a little more affordable because they get a team versus um, one person where they're paying salary benefits and bonus. But um, I also am the the president of the National Association of Women Business Owners here in Orlando, so my passion is also helping um, women, and we do, you know, I'm, I'm open to, you know, Minimum, you know, some free consultations. Um, but again, it's it's valuing our time and making sure somebody's serious. And we we do project work, but our main core is you know being the the outsourced marketing department. Um, right. But I, again, I can't stress that you know planning and thinking ahead is the the key to success. Um, and because you, you may get frustrated that you know, things aren't happening as fast as you want to, but if you take a little time up front, you get a lot more time and, and results in the the back end.
0: Yeah, and I and I think these are all great lessons for us to, to bear in mind. So uh so where
1: can they find you online? Uh RoganMarketing dot com, R O G A N Marketing dot com.
0: Great, absolutely, and I and I've checked out that website myself, and I think it's fantastic. And I do encourage our listeners to go there. And just remember that all of our guest experts, including Pamela Rogan, have profiles at businesscreatorsradioshow.com dot com, where you can discover them on social media, and you can listen to all of their previous episodes. Because some of our guests on Business Creators Radio Show have been with us a few times, so I do encourage all of our listeners to do that. So uh, once again, Pamela, this has been quite an education and quite an experience, and as our listeners know, uh, many times not only am I the host, but I'm also in the audience with them holding my own clipboard, taking notes, looking for the slide edge in my business, and you've certainly given me some great food for thought with some of the things we're doing here at Help My Website Sell right now.
1: Well, thank you, Adam. I appreciate it. And I encourage others to listen to, I'm I just getting to know you, and I listened to a few of the, your uh, previous episodes, and I've learned a lot there as well. Absolutely. So so again, thank you very
0: much for everything and for everybody listening. This is Adam Homey, host of the Business Creators Radio show. Please take a moment, check out our previous and our upcoming episodes and discover how our guest experts help you win at the Game of Business and Marketing. We're also on iTunes, where we update every single week. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.